morning, everybody. We are glad to be with you and appreciate Pastor asking us to uh, be with you this morning. I think it's wonderful this morning that we rise up with a hope and a heart that only God can give. And his provision for us as believers in him should be, if it is not, should be something that we cherish above yes. all other things. But I want to, uh, this morning, share with you, just for a few moments, I uh, read some months ago an article that was written regarding the Holy Spirit, and it was titled, The Forgotten God. So it caught my attention. I did not know what they were really speaking about. But as I got into the article, I realized that it really was a picture of our day. I've spent most of my life in the Pentecostal realm, but I also have watched the slow but sure change that has taken place among us. Some good, some bad. But this morning, I thought it would, I might share with you a little bit. I have a, well, I, I call it my one of my favorite verses in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Now, if you haven't read Romans 8, you need to read it about a dozen times. It is probably one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible regarding the work of God and the Holy Spirit and how God actually functions among us. And I think it's important, especially this day, that we come to an understanding of exactly what it is that we've got. I got saved, but what did I get? Well, I quit my habits. Some of them were not so good. I did that. I joined the church. Is that what salvation is about? Or is there more? Have we taken it so casual that it really doesn't have any real meat to it? So I want to share with you. Paul, Paul does a great writing in Romans 8. But I want to share verse 11 with you this morning. I hope that you'll take it home with you. and Consider what Paul really is saying to us as a believer. When we get saved, we feel all kinds of emotions and people tell us all kinds of things. I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord, I didn't know that God even existed and I got, I won't go off into that, but it was an oddball experience because I'm an oddball. But I did not know what they were talking about and they kept patting me on the back and on the head and whatever, asking me how I felt. I had no idea what they were talking about. All I know is that I wept and cried like I had never done before while I knelt before him at an altar. I did not understand, didn't know what they were talking about, and I wondered about what they were trying to say to me. But I want to tell you this morning that the salvation that we talk about, getting saved, becoming part of God, and God becoming part of us, is far deeper than what Pentecostal people have a tendency to think. 
I'm religious if I go to the church, but it doesn't mean that I'm saved. In fact, I can go to a Pentecostal crowd that claps their hands, does a lot of manifestations, but it still doesn't mean that I'm saved. And so I take a look at what Paul shares with me about this born-again experience. Listen to what Romans 8 and 11 actually says. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. How many of you thought about that? We wait for the Holy Ghost to show up. How many times have you heard the preacher say, or the song leader say, let's pray that the Holy Ghost will show up. Did you know that he was in the car when you started driving yeah. to church? When you walked through the door of the church, he was there. When you sat down, he was there. But where was he? Paul says he's dwelling in you. So inside you this morning is a presence that you've never bought, that you can't manufacture, but is a powerful intent. Now Paul says, it reminds us, that this spirit is of him that raised Christ up from the dead is now dwelling in you. If he is capable of raising Christ from the dead and he lives inside of me, then Paul says this mortal body of mine will be quickened by the spirit that dwelleth in you. What does it mean to actually be saved? That I quit my habits, I'm glad that I did. That I changed my way of doing things in the course of life, yes. All of that is outward signs of it. But Paul says something wonderful is taking place inside of us. And that's that wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned a moment ago about the article that I read. And I took note of what they had to say of how we ignore or have forgotten where the Holy Spirit is, what his job is, and what he does to us as an individual in Christ. Somehow or other, we have become an outward manifestation. I'm not opposed to that. But I'm telling you this morning that there's more to it than that. Yes. There's more to it than the outward side because Paul says the same spirit that made it possible for Jesus Christ to be raised from the dead is now dwelling in you. Yes. Let me pause just a moment and throw in a little sidekick. Jesus could not bring himself out of the grave. It took something else. And the Holy Spirit is what showed up yes. at the gates of hell itself and said, hand us the keys to hell, death, and the grave yes. because Jesus and I are coming out of this place. And we raised him from the dead. The same power that invaded hell and brought Christ back to life now lives inside of you. And nothing excites you at all. It all excites you the fact that God loved you so that he allowed that spirit to live inside of you. We walk around discouraged. We're defeated. We're crushed. We're not going to make it. Life is too hard. God's forgotten. 
Everything is going upside down to what it should be, but the truth of it is, dwelling inside of you is a power that cannot be fully described. Hear me this morning. Becoming a Christian is more than a way of life. It is an inward spiritual process of bringing back a dead soul that was made to live forever and making him capable of communicating with God and enjoying the very power and the presence of God. Now, I don't really have time this morning to take it as far as I'd like to take it today, but I want to share a few things with you if I can. Because the Holy Spirit, while we say it's not possible, that we have forgotten Him, I asked you this morning, how many of you thought about it when you got up this morning? Did you give Him some thought when you drove toward the church? Were you aware that He was anywhere near you? Were you waiting until you got to church for Him to show up and become real and alive to you? That's where I have to go in order to find where the Holy Spirit is. Is that where you were or where were you? We were listening to the doubts and the fears and the problems of life until it silenced the voice of him that raised Christ from the dead that now lives inside of you. He is nothing but victory. He is nothing but an overcomer. He is nothing but strength. He is a power that can be denied. He cannot be thrown aside. He is power. And I don't want to be Pentecostal by name. I want to be Pentecostal by experience in Christ because that power lives inside of me. And I look at that this morning and I realize that we have a great tendency. I've come up through the old ranks. We had to pray the power down. The truth was we didn't pray the power down. The power was already inside of you. He was already there. And you were out looking for something that did not exist. You hear me? Because he is inside of you. Paul said he dwells where? Inside of you. If that's true, think of the unlimited power that you have at your disposal to be able to live a victorious life. You think you can't break habits? You say you can't say no to sin? You tell me you can't break an addiction? You tell me that you can't overcome life. I'm telling you that God put inside of you the moment that you got saved. He put inside of you the same power that had strong enough influence to pull Christ up out of the grave and bring him back to life. That same power and same ability now lives. You are more than an overcomer. What did Paul say? Through Christ. You are more than an overcomer. Not just an overcomer. You are more so what does that mean? Have we forgotten this wonderful resource that God has provided for us? Is he in the atmosphere? Do I really enjoy his presence or do I have to get down and I have to start baking in a prayer pose that God will show up and help me? Is that how it is? I'm in a difficult spot. I need to pray that God will show up and come and help me when the truth of it is. He got up with me this morning. He rode with me in my car. He faced the same difficulties that I faced. Uh -huh. 
He understands exactly where I am and he is available to me to help me. So what is this Holy Spirit really like? I don't pray him down. He's already here. I can't sing him down. He's already here. It isn't how hard I clap my hands that makes the difference. Fact is, he's living inside of me. If you're here this morning and you feel like you can't win, that you're defeated, you've been praying forever for something to happen, stop for a moment and realize inside of you dwells a power like you cannot even describe. And I wanted to share with you this a little bit this morning, if I might. You know, Paul, Paul writes and makes a strange statement in 1 Thessalonians 15 and 9. It's quick, short. He doesn't really bring it out. He doesn't really talk about it. But he tells us not to quench the Spirit. Simple statement. But what in the world was he really talking about? I got curious about that. How do I quench the Spirit? Well, I, I'm not clapping my hands right. Or I'm not really, you know, not, not with it. That's, that's what does it. But when you really look it up, here's what it really means. It means in the original language, don't put out the fire. What does it say in Acts chapter 2? It came the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And cloven tongues of fire appeared upon each of them. And then they spake in other tongues. Did you hear the process? The wind, the breath of God, cloven tongues of fire setting upon them. And it's that fire that Paul speaks about in 1 Thessalonians. Don't put out the fire. Don't quench it. Don't put it in a, in, a, in a vessel that it cannot do what it is designed to do. So I want to take you this morning, if I might, for a moment and share a little bit with you about, Paul says in Ephesians 3, that according to the power that works in us. How much power do you have this morning? Dare I ask? How much? Well, you said, well, Brother Wilson, I don't have any power at all. Well, there's something wrong. Because living inside of you is a power that death could not even defy. Living there. But Ephesians tells me quite clearly that I am subject according to the power that worketh in us. If I don't get anything else to you this morning, let me ask you, how much are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? You have a gift from God that only God could give. And it is a powerful, resident force inside of you. I'm going to take just a few minutes this morning. There are three words that I am fascinated by when Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit and shares to us about what he really is to us. And I think it's important this morning that we take note of what it means. 
the word power. This power that is resident according to the power that works in us. But what does it look like? Do I have a right to know? What does it look like? What is it like? Here, listen to what the breakdown of the word power actually means. In Greek, it means three words. Number one, it means archaea, which means nothing to us. It's not a word that we use. But at the same time, if you look it up to, a, to interpret, it means to ignite. Allow the Holy Spirit to ignite your faith. Yeah. Allow the Holy Spirit to ignite your confidence in God and your strength in God. Yeah. Let him ignite my faith that will bring it over all obstacles in my life. Let him set me a fire in order that I am able to break over the trial and the heartache and the sorrow and the disappointment and all the possibilities and let it break forth and ignite inside of me something that never happened before. How about you? Are you doing it on your own? Is that how it's done? Or are you allowing the Holy Spirit to ignite inside of you a power source that you've never experienced before and you're going to allow him to ignite your faith in God? I don't want my faith because I feel it. I don't want my faith because I read about it. I want my faith because it's alive inside of me. And it says you are more than an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are able, more than able, to handle whatever's come your way. And God will give you the strength to be able to handle it all. You are indeed. Night. Let it burn. Let it come to life inside of you today. Secondly, where is the word exousia? And again, I realize that that means disquad. Whatever that means. Because we don't, it's not our language, but it's important. The word exousia, as it's used in the Greek, is the ability to decide and perform an action without hindrance. Listen to what it means. This Holy Spirit living inside of you, Paul says, resident inside of you as a believer, moving in there, living inside of your heart, is the strength to be able to decide and to perform an action without hindrance. I thought about that. What in the world does that really mean? Let me, let me share with you Romans 8. 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps my what? My infirmities. Have you thought about what that meant? He helps my weaknesses. No, you're not able to overcome. No, sir, you will not break your habit. No, sir, it's not going to happen that you're going to be able to lay the impossibilities to the side and make them a possibility. It's not going to happen. Because you have this infirmity that is inside of you, living there, and is a part of you. But then Paul goes on and says, For we know not what we should pray for as we should, but the Spirit itself will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Listen to what, listen to the shift in what he says. 
One moment he tells me because of these infirmities about me, I am not going to be able to do it. But then he tells me these infirmities are addressed by the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Come on. Yes. You look for a, you look for the solution. You look for a famous word or a scripture that might help you a little. You look for outside elements. When the whole matter of fact is that living inside of you yes. is already there. Good. He understands your infirmity. He knows what your weakness is. And you pray about them, Paul says. You think about them. But we don't have any fortune or luck, as we say, to be able to do anything about it. So we pray along those particular lines. But let's give a thought to what he's really saying to us here this morning. Paul says in this verse, verse 26 says this, Again, we don't even know how. We, have you ever been where you didn't know how to pray about a problem? Have you ever had anything come up on you? A sickness? Financial debate? A, a, a problem in your home? Don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I ask God to help me. How many? I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I, when I'm praying, I ask God, Lord, you said if I'd ask him in your name, that it would be given to me and be done uh, if I'd ask it of the Father in your name. And I remind him of that promise. But it don't work. I wonder why. Because that's not the way it's to be done. And Paul says that in this period of time in my infirmities, I don't know how to pray as I should, but he that lives inside of you, been there all the time, he knows how to pray. And he will reach out to the Father and allow the moving of the Spirit of God inside. I know that you, you, you wonder how that can be, but have you ever just gone to, to the Lord in prayer and with all the burden and the heartache and the sickness around you and said to him, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to describe it, but I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit inside of me do what he does best. He will groan in my behalf until heaven itself is shaken by his very foundation and all of the things that are in me and troubling me disappear because you are in charge of my life. Think about it. You're sitting here this morning and you're wondering how you're going to do so and so and how you're going to get by and all those wonderful things that happen to us. The answer is already there. Living inside of you. You know, verse 14 says in Romans 8, For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are, not maybe, or will become, or have that opportunity. They are the sons and daughters of God. You know how, what that affects? I like my neighbor's kids, but I like mine better. I can put up with the neighbor's kids and their nonsense, but I'll have to struggle with it. But my own, I don't. Paul says, I am a child of God. Yes. Now let me close this this morning with this thought. Third one. 
It's called Istus, and that is my favorite statement about it. The word Istus means power penetrate the opposition. Hear me? I can't do it, but he that raised Christ from the dead that's living inside of me gives me the power to penetrate the impossibilities or the opposition that is against me. I wanted to share with you a little bit of my mind. This, this opposition thing, we call it no faith. Wrong title. It's opposition. I say, well, if I had faith, that would happen. No, if I could break through the opposition, it would happen. If I could move the blocks and the stumble spots and all the ifs and the maybes and the, all the dark spots, if I could just get them pushed aside, I'd be all right. Well, Paul says that this wonderful spirit living inside of you, this powerful force that raised Christ from the dead, now only inside of you, gives you the ability, supernaturally, gives you the power to penetrate, not bypass, not ignore, but to penetrate, get, get the word penetrate. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to walk through the dark clouds and the dark sky. I'm going to walk through the sickness. I'm going to walk through the financial distress. I'm going to walk through the marriage problem. I'm going to walk through the hatred around me. I'm going to be able to penetrate it, not bypass it, not take a detour, but I'm going to penetrate it. I'm going to go through it, and I'm going to come out on the victory side because of the power of him that now lives inside of me. lives inside of you. You're cheating yourself. Cheating yourself. I don't want to form a God with us and deny the real power of it. I don't want that. You can have it all. You can have all the religions. I don't care what title they call yourself. You can have it all. I wouldn't give you five cents on a fart truck over I don't want it. But I tell you what I do want. If it's real, if it's genuine, then I don't just want a form of godliness. Yes. But I want the power thereof. Yes. I want the Holy Spirit. Yes. To walk with me. Through the dark valley. Yes. I want him to surround me. Yes. Where despite everything that's going on, the warmth, the breath, the freshness of God is in me. I don't want religion. I don't want a title. I don't want to be a Baptist, a Methodist, a Pentecostal. I don't want it. But I do want There's the power of Him to raise Christ from the dead. Take control of my life. Till I'm able to penetrate the opposition. 
Not look for the skating. Not look for a guitar. Not look for some preacher to pray a hundred dollar prayer over me. But I want the Holy Spirit to touch me. To be real. To be genuine. Listen to me. Is God really real to you? Really? Well, you will say yes. But on what grounds? I can tell you. He is real to me. Because he's brought me from living on the streets. A long journey. And has never, ever failed me. I'm telling you this morning. Inside of you, there's a power that will pick you up and he will take you to the mountain top of victory in your life. I marveled at David's words in Psalms 23, where he says, Oh, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear. No reason. You hear me this morning? You beat up? Are you broken? Are you crushed? Do you feel hopeless? Does it seem empty? Is that the way it is? Or is it possible that you will stop for a moment and realize we are more than conquerors? Through him, who will love us. He is living right here. For you, for your neighbor, for your family. You can be that home.